This is important information. Ready, set, and begin. Who better to talk about the MLS in the Twin Cities than the head coach of your hometown United? All incredible things to look forward to. Now, courtesy of Heineken, this is the Adrian Heath Show. Quintero with a Minnesota goal! The Adrian Heath Show. Oh, what a save by Shuttleworth! Oh, my! Hosted by former player and now loon sideline reporter Jamie Watson. Check this out! Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken right here on 1500 ESPN. I am your host, Jamie Watson, sideline reporter for your Minnesota United Loons, joined, as always, in studio by the head coach of Minnesota United, Adrian Heath. Adrian, how are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Normally, this is the part of the show where we would recap the week that was. We will get into that. But... Obviously, the big news in Minnesota United, Christian Ramirez. Mm. This is topic number 1A. We are going to dive right into it from the start of the show tonight. Christian Ramirez traded to LAFC in a big blockbuster deal for the club. Mm-hmm. $800,000 in allocation money with incentives that could rise to a million dollars. Huge, huge number. Huge, huge player for Minnesota United. Yep. Huge, huge transaction. Nowhere else to start other than your thoughts on the deal, how it took shape, and why ultimately the deal was done. Well, I think first and first things first, I think we have to be um, really respectful for Christian for what he's done for the club. You know, he's been a he's been a fantastic ambassador for the club. Scored a lot of goals. You know, got like an international call up. You know, when that was surprising when they were. You know, he's gone from NASL, gone scored goals there. He's gone to MLS and scored fourteen goals last year. So he's been a terrific servant for the club, and um, he goes with our best wishes. That goes to say, we we are. You know, he's going home, so it's probably a great move for him. He's going back to you know where he's born and his family's from, so he'll be pleased with it and. I just felt it was the right thing for us to do. You know, we put Angelo Rodriguez in. We've got Darwin Quintero. Um, I think they're very much going to be our starting two moving forward. And uh, sometimes when uh, you get offered an attractive proposition, I think you have to take it. Now, sometimes it's not ideal. The timing can be a little bit off. But in terms of, you know, I felt that this was the right time to take that type of money because... Now we can look to invest and move on and other parts of the team that we need to improve. And this will help us do that. You talked about this amount of money. It's a staggering figure in MLS and the breakdown of general allocation money, targeted allocation money. A lot of listeners will know what that means. A lot of listeners that won't uh, understand what that means fully. Uh, I've been in this league since Oh five, or no, I've been a part of MLS, you know, in one form or fashion from playing or watching or commentating since oh five. I'm still not sure with the introduction of Gam and Tam how it fully works, but with the breakdown of it, five hundred thousand in general allocation money, three hundred thousand in targeted allocation money. For you, you do you think that this just got to a number that was just too much to say no to with Christian? I think so. And I, I think also you have to be realistic that, you know, we, we've, we've bought Angelo Rodriguez. We haven't bought him to be set on the bench. We've bought him to play. 
and um, obviously Darwin showed why we brought him into the club. So they were going to be our two moving forward. That probably leaves Christian maybe being the sub, or if Angela was injured, he would, he would be the guy come up. And their needs are now. LAFC, this isn't coming again in three months' time. You know, sometimes I look at the Dom Dwyer deal when he left Kansas City. Sometimes supporters go, it's ridiculous, we haven't had time to bring a replacement. But that money might not have been there in three or four months' time. Ah, You know, we ha- you have to, you know, sometimes sell players or move players when it's right and when the offer is that good. We felt this was a good offer for us. You know, I'm sure that the Red Bull fans, when Dax McCarty got traded, Sasha Kleshton got traded, um, who else was it? Um, uh, Felipe Martins, was it? Well, Felipe got traded and, you know, they they when you look at what they've done, um, it's people don't look at look at it and go that's a crazy move. But sometimes you have to do it with the option that you're going to get better moving forward down the line. So this isn't just necessarily a short term move. No, no, not at all. And and by the way, you know, it, in different circumstances, we might have done something else. But Christian's the one that people were interested in. So therefore, then now we have to make sure that we reinvest this money into the team in the appropriate areas where we feel we need to get better. And long-term, we will see the benefits of this particular deal, I believe. Adrian Heath given his thoughts on the trade. Christian Ramirez that sends him to LAFC right here on the Adrian Heath Show. Uh, you talk about repositioning that money and reinvesting that money so close to the end of the transfer window. The question will be asked from myself and several others, if you haven't already heard it several times by now, uh, are there plans to use that money now, before this window comes, is that a fluid, ever-changing moment with deals coming and going, being offered, being thrown your way, accepted, rejected, all across the league, but also here? Mm-hmm. Is that something that maybe could happen before the window closes? Well, firstly, you, you never know, because you know what it's like. Last week, it was quite quiet, and then suddenly, after the results of a weekend, because results change everybody's opinion, Sure, and all of a sudden, now the phone's blowing up today, people... Well, are you interested in this guy? Do you want about that guy? And so I can't say definitely yes, it will or no, it won't. We'll because everything to... could change in the next hour. Exactly. Okay, that's you know, a fair statement. The, the LAFC thing wasn't going on three, two days ago. So that was yeah. That's my it, next question. Then so 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 he so comes out the blue. Somebody they've had a, a pretty bad few weeks for results. LAFC they feel as though they need something in a new injection of something. So they've got to pull the trigger on this one today. Somebody else might know this might trigger something else off somewhere else down the line. So you never know. I think we're very aware of where we need to be, where we need to strengthen the type of players we would like to bring into the club. If we can do it, great. If we can't, let's make sure we get the right one rather than just doing it for the sake of doing it because that that doesn't work. Yeah, you can't just you just can't just make moves to make moves. There has to be a plan to it. And you've said you're in the midst of a plan. Um, with that, uh, you said this deal wasn't on the table a couple of days ago. When did this deal come about? How did this come about? Kind of walk us through what you can with respect to both parties and and the the ongoing relationship you have. Because um, this isn't a one and done deal. Obviously, you and LAFC could potentially do deals in the future, and I don't want to. You know, sour that, but but when did this come about? Well, I I first heard about it this morning. Really? really? Yes, I think Manny said they had some contact over the weekend. You know, and um, you know, so it gets done in forty eight hours, if you like. And, but there's a lot of movement parts because obviously there's a lot of haggling over what type of figures 
Is it gam? Is it tam? All these other mechanisms that you can use. So, you know, was there a player? Could there be a player involved in it? You know, so it's it gets a little bit complicated, but I would think that over the next 48 hours before this window closes on Wednesday, there's this won't be the only transaction that we see. It's so interesting to see how these deals kind of uh, come about. They take place. They take shape so quickly, so fast. Um, you know, with that, it, it starts to become this this whirlwind of of players being traded, deals being thrown out uh, at at coaches and whatnot. Um, you you've mentioned Angelo Rodriguez several times. From what you saw on Saturday against Seattle at home against CCF Bank Stadium, although it was a loss, it was 69 minutes of a debut performance from Angelo Rodriguez. You knew what you knew about Angelo before you signed him as the club's ever second DP. Did Angelo's performance on Saturday maybe make the deal happen on Monday because you saw, yes, this is the type of guy that we can build around up front? Well, you know, he's been in with us for a couple of weeks now. And we've been trying right, to this it. was just the first time. This is the first fan, time we've seen Fans got to see yeah. him. You've and seen it, him for a couple of weeks. It's the first time we saw him. in the scouting. Exactly. But it's the first time we've seen him in a game, a competitive game, close up. I thought we, we saw what he's going to bring us. He's big. He's strong. He's good with his back to the goal. And by the way, this is the first time that he's probably had a chance to train with Darwin because we've been on the road and he's, you know, he's right, been yeah. back here. So there's an awful lot of uh, work still to be done. But no, we, we, we think that we've got a player who can contribute in this league and score goals. You know, he was really disappointed. He, he hit the post with his header, the free header. Then he had another good chance with the header that he, he put just over the bar. So, hey, strong, works hard, good feet. No, I, we think that we can, uh, he'll be very good for us moving forward. And talking with Adrian Heath, getting his thoughts on the big news that broke yesterday. Minnesota United trading Christian Ramirez to LAFC. For eight hundred thousand in allocation money, up to a million dollars. Now, I'll ask you this, because I, I I think the the next question then starts to become, if you're LAFC and you're looking at their roster, and and this isn't necessarily your problem, but I, maybe just take your mindset of a coach and understanding this league. You look at their team: uh, Carlos Vela, uh, Diamande, Latif Blessing, Rossi, Marco Ureña, Ureña, now Christian Ramirez. Yeah. Why was LA LAFC so keen to do this deal for Christian? Do you think it was just because they needed something that he brought differently? They just liked him that much. That's not a small amount of money, by the way. No, 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 no. That and is I, a big chunk of change. And I think in he's a little bit different than what they have. If you if you look at him, I think Christian's more of a probably a, a poacher, if you like, a penalty box player. And they're going to have a lot of games at home where they actually teams go there and defend very deep. I think they're going to have a lot of ball in your off the field, and I think that's when Christian's at his best. I think he's one of them players that, even coming off the bench, when there's crosses coming in, when there's a lot of goal mouth action, that's when they're going to see the best of him. You know, everybody plays the game slightly different and looks for different things, but they've got a bit of everything now. They've got the pace and the running of Urania, the strength, the hold-up play of Diamande, the creativity of Valor and blessing pace out wide. So they've got, you know, an abundance of forward players. So, um, you know, it's another good piece for them. Yeah. Well, that's uh, it's interesting to see. It's obviously the, the, the big deal. There was right when the window opened up, Minnesota United going inside of Mario Ibarra, Angelo Rodriguez, the club's ever second DP, and now just before the window closes, trading Christian Mears to LAFC. 
Look, we were up against a break. Before we go, Christian, I assume you will find your way to listening to this portion uh, as your friend, as somebody who's gotten to see you grow as a player from when you first started here in Minnesota, uh, being on the field when you scored your first goal in San Antonio, telling you it was the first of many. I didn't know I was that smart at the time, seeing that it was going to be so many, and I know there will be many more to come. I wish you all the best, both professionally, but also to you and to Val, to Baby Zara, you guys moving back to LAFC. We wish nothing but the best for you. You've been wonderful for Minnesota. You are a legend in this club, and we wish that you go on and have a great career at LAFC and score a bunch of goals and become an LAFC legend there. Yeah. There we go. There you go. No, he's been a great servant for the club, and he goes with our our best wishes. Absolutely. So all the best to Christian Ramirez. The the memories will not soon be forgotten around these parts for all that you did for the club in NASL, making the jump to MLS in the first year. And as Cal Cal Williams so poignantly, poignantly, that's easy for me to say, penned, your first goal will be historic, euphoric, and iconic forever in Minnesota United history. With that said... We have so much more still to come on the Adrian Heath Show. We are going to take a look back at the loss to Seattle. We're going to look forward to the rest of the season, the upcoming road trip. There's still so much more to come. A lot to break down, a lot to dissect when we return to the Adrian Heath Show, presented by Heineken, right here on 1500 ESPN. We now continue with more of the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN, presented by Heineken. Welcome back to the Adrian Heath Show here on 1500 ESPN, presented by Heineken. This week, no music coming in out of breaks. We're straight to it this week. Last segment, we talked about Christian Ramirez. And the big trade to LAFC put a bow on that, got the in-depth thoughts from head coach Adrian Heath on that trade. And now, normally, what we do is we talk about the game in the first segment that was just played on the weekend. We've pushed that tonight to this segment here, the second one. And we'll look back at the matchup Minnesota United had at home against the Seattle Sounders. Played Saturday night, TCF Bank Stadium. It was a big, big matchup for Minnesota United, who coming in 8-3-1 on the season at TCF Bank Stadium. Been a fortress, four in a row. Had won four games in a row at home. Looking forward to getting back to the friendly confines. And Adrian, for your team, started out much like the LAFC game. Yeah. A few chances for, for Seattle, a couple of missed opportunities, much like LAFC, but nothing too no, nothing, glaring. No, I think we, we didn't start the game well. Uh, I think for 15 minutes, they sort of dictated the play without really creating a clear-cut opening. You know, Bobby didn't really have... A couple of saves that we expected to make. A couple of few moments of, yeah. you know, of uncertainty. Yeah. But then actually we took over the game. You know, for 25 minutes, I thought we were very good. And in that time, we got the goal from Darwin. Then we hit the post. Then we hit the post again. <laughs> then we had another great opportunity. So going in only 1 0 up, I was a little bit concerned. And then in the second half, we never got going. You know, it's probably as poorly as we've played for certainly for a long time at home. You know, they dictated the play. Suddenly, you know, uh, Ozzy Alonso started to dictate the game, getting uh, Nicholas Ladero on the ball. Rui Diaz started to get in little pockets of space. Christian Roldan started to roam in off the off the touchline. So, you know, it, 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 for me, it was, a, it was disappointing that we never really got going in the second half. So you weathered the storm a little bit. I know yeah. you're not exactly pleased with the start to the game. But then the man you brought in... 
to create moments of magic, creates a moment of magic. Probably the biggest one-two I've seen played in a long time uh, between Miguel Labar and yeah. Alexi Gomez. Miguel crosses it from one side of the box, goes to the clear-cut other side. Yep. So from one wing back to the other wing back in the box, yep. it gets sent back over to Miguel on purpose, inadvertently. That's not for me to decide. I'm not assuming you're going to see many 40-yard cross-field one-twos in your day, but it finds itself back at Miguel Labar. And then Darwin Quintero finds this little pocket of space in there. Mm. It's right in between the back four and the midfield four. He rolls Harry ship, and then he gets faced up with Chad Marshall. Only guy that's ever been the MLS Defender of the Year three times. Yep. One of the most storied professionals in Major League Soccer from the center back position. Almost 400 games played. Darwin gives him a move, a chop yep. that sends him the other direction. He's chasing, and at six foot five with as long legs as he has, Darwin's created so much space, he's able to curl a shot around. 19th minute, moment of magic, Darwin scores, it becomes 1-0. Game completely changes from there for the for the first half. Yes, and I, you know, we, we talk about Darwin, you know, the scientist, as they call him. Is the it? scientist of a goal. Yeah, so finds them lovely little pockets of space, as you say, in between the lines. But once he gets it to his feet in the box, I know people are on the back foot because they can't dive in, he's got quick feet, and... Um, Actually, it was a really good finish because he, he, was, he was stuck under his feet a little bit and he managed right. just to, you know, without going crazy with the pace, just enough on it to direct it in the bottom corner. And then we had the breakaway, which he had that, you know, he hit the post with. Then we that had was the, just before halftime. And then we had the header from um, Angelo Rodriguez, which hits the post. And Angelo has another header. And I just sensed on the day that we needed that second goal. You know, I think you it, had gotten it in the previous weeks against LAFC, yeah. against New England Revolution, and we talk about scoring at the right time when you can keep the memento. The crowd were involved in the game. We were just in a real good, you know, little rich seam of form in the game, and we, you know, it was dis- disappointed that we couldn't go and capitalize on that and get the next goal. But then the second half, we didn't start well. And you know what? I, and I did want to ask you about this. Starting well, the second half, we talked about it on Fox Sports North on the broadcast. You had to make us up. Oh, we did. And it was a big, important change to the game. Yeah, Russ. Russ is, you know, said he just felt really sore and tight, and he um, he actually thought that if he'd have carried on, he'd have pulled his hamstring or he so pulled he pulled, his the, he pulled the uh, the ripcord. Yeah. you know, said, so he, "Hey, look, I've got to make sure to get. I'm feeling it, feeling it, yeah. and I don't want it to go exactly." So, so he so he tells you that. So you make the decision to bring on Colin Martin at halftime. Yeah, and obviously, I don't think this was the big change around in the game, but for some reason, we had. A lack of energy I felt on, on at the weekend. Something we spoke about to the players on Monday. You know, how did you feel? And so we had a little look at what we'd done in the week last week. Had we overtrained or we'd so much? Because certainly we weren't as sharp as we would have liked. And that's not just one or two. I I felt, you know, maybe six or seven of our guys were off the pace. I really did. Okay. And uh, you're not going to win too many games like that. But when you're hanging on, you know, the goals were, what, 90, was it 91 and 96? Yeah, the first goal by the end of the review, the penalty kick gets taken in the 90 plus once, the 91st minute. But so it's, we'd, uh, yeah. we'd, we'd, we'd sort of weathered, I felt a lot of their, the, the storm. Um, they were offing and puffing, but I never felt real like they were going to score. And then, you know, obviously Miggy goes for the header and keeps his, gets his hands up there. And I, I, Ian Fuller on the bench said straight away, that's a penalty. And as soon as we, we actually go down and could have made it 2-0. Could you imagine? And I didn't, I didn't want to bring this yeah. up. 
Could you imagine, though, because it was the yeah. one Darwin crosses it to Ibsen, Ibsen gives it over to Miguel. Yeah. What would have happened to TCF oh. Bank Stadium well, if go they for- go and score and make it 2-0, but it's on back of a play yeah. that's pending review? Yeah. They go and review it, and it's a clearly a penalty in the end. Can you imagine instead of going 2-0, everyone's, you well, know, I, gold I, I, music's playing. And- I wouldn't like that to have happened in England or in South America where they choke one off at one <laughs> end and then go and give a penalty back at the other end. So you go from 2-0 yeah. to 1-1. And then when he put six up, I feared the worst because they had all the momentum then. And then suddenly we were just clearing our lines and not playing out from the back and... You know, it was isolated breaks and they were putting big Roger Torres in, in the box. And um, Chad Marshall was up there. Will Bruin had come on by now. So they had they had plenty of size in there as well. And uh, But you don't expect Rui Diaz, who's as big as me and you, to get a flick on. And then Will Bruin to run through unopposed and just lift it over the goalkeeper's head in the 96th minute. So uh, very disappointing. Um, as I say, we've had a lot of plaudits and... Quite rightly so for some of our own performances, but this was bitterly disappointing. We're talking with Adrian Heath, recapping Seattle Sounders versus Minnesota United this past Saturday night at TCF Bank Stadium, a match in which Seattle scores two late goals in stoppage time to come from behind to get a win 2-1. When you look at the second half, one thing for me I thought was was really noticeable, which was very even in the first half, the midfield battle. They have two of probably the better defensive midfield pairing in the league. Mm-hmm. Gustav Svensson just played in the World Cup with Sweden. Ozzy Alonso, one of the best defensive midfielders for the last twenty years, maybe ever to play in MLS. Yeah, yeah. safe to say. Yeah. I think we agree on that one, and I think you, and, you and are... spoke to obviously in Fuller and Mark Watson worked with him in Charleston when he first defected from Cuba. Yes, found himself into the Charleston Battery that's t- where team Ian, in USL. And- yeah, and that's where Ian and Watto were working at that particular time. And he, he did say to them, this is as good as he's felt for a long time. And I, I actually thought he started to boss the game and started to get take the game by the scruff of the neck and actually start to influence the game more than he's done for a long time. And uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that, speaking to their staff after, that they feel as though he's coming into the best run of form he's had for quite a while. I don't think it's a coincidence that they've just won five or six on the spin. Yeah, because of it. That was seven. That was a win. They were three, four wins, two ties in the last six. Yeah. Their best ever month in MLS. That made it obviously five wins yeah. and two ties in the last seven games for them. And I think also, you know, Rui Diaz has come in. They paid eight million dollars for Rui Diaz. You get a player for eight million dollars, you get yeah. some quality like that. They, got, they played. I don't know what they paid six maybe for. Nicholas Ladero. So they have quality. They have quality pieces in, in, a, in a few spots. And, um, you know, we, we, we never really got to terms with him, to got to grips with him in the second half. Yeah. And it's obviously a disappointing way to lose. Now, when you talk to the team uh, yesterday when they get back in, hey guys, Monday morning, here we go. How do you pick the group back up? What do you do? What do you say? And I know this is probably one of the harder parts of the job that nobody really can teach you because you have to, it changes with each group, with where you're at in the season. What was the loss? What yeah. does the next week look like? Next couple of weeks. And with the circumstances yeah, of the so loss. What, so what do you say? What did you say? Take us into well, the, the, the locker room. Well, the, the thing is, it's 2-1 and we've all played in games where you've gone 2-0 down early on. But then you played really well for 80 minutes. You've got to go back. You've done everything, boss. Go. It's still 2-1. Yeah. But you feel completely... There's a different type of 2-1 yes, loss. Exactly. Yeah. And that was the disappointing thing for the weekend. I, You know, I wasn't best pleased with the group after the game and said a few things. 
But, hey, the nature of this game, Jamie, is you have to go again. You know, we, yeah, we'll watch the video. Yeah, we'll pick up some little bits that we thought were okay. We'll pick up all the stuff that we were not pleased with. But, you know, the harsh realities of it, we have to go again. You know, there's no, no, no point sulking, feeling sorry for yourself. We have to go again. We've got, you know, four of the next game, the next four games are on the road. Well, five now. And by the way, really difficult places. Yeah. So, you know, we go to Galaxy. It's never easy. Zlatan had a week, you know, a week off. And then we go to Dallas, you know, and then it, then Kansas City. So, hey, it doesn't get any easy for us. Yeah. But, hey, one game at a time. The Galaxy next Saturday. Huge game for us. Absolutely. And and you know what? We're up against a break right now. So what I want to do, you just brought up a good point, this road stretch. I want to kind of dive a little bit deeper into it. So next segment, when we come back, let's do that. We'll talk more about the upcoming five games, what that looks like, how you navigate that. We'll take a look at the English Premier League as that gets going this weekend as well. Uh, we'll make some wildly wildly crazy outrageous takes on it uh, because the season will go for another uh, eight, nine months. And uh, sure, what we say in the middle of uh, the beginning of August will probably make sense by the end of next May. So let's do that when we come back. This is the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. This is the Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken on 1500 ESPN. Welcome back to the Adrian Heath Show here on 1500 ESPN presented by Heineken. I'm your host, Jamie Watson. We are over the halfway point of a very action-packed Hadrian Heath show. We talked about Christian Ramirez, the trade to LAFC. We broke down Seattle Sounders versus Minnesota United this past weekend. Right before the break, Adrian and I started to dive a little bit deeper into the five-game road stretch that's coming up. And I wanted to get back to that because for you, Adrian, this is obviously the toughest part of the schedule not just from a games in a small window of time, like you saw in July, where you saw three home games in uh, eight days. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it was going Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday for a while there. But this becomes difficult because it's five road games, and you start to look around the league. Uh, I looked up a stat today. Actually, there's 11 teams in MLS that have two road wins or less mm. on the season. So it goes to show. Well, Almost half road. the league struggles on the road. <laughs> yeah. Now it's well documented, obviously, that that it's been tough for Minnesota United on the road. So now you get this stretch of games where there's five games on the road. How do you approach this? Is it one game at a time? Are you looking at it as if we get X number of points over these five games, I'll consider this to be successful? How do you, what is your mindset? Walk the listeners through how you approach these next what is it, uh, 49 days from when the team plays at TCF Bank Stadium to when they return back home in September? Yeah, I think that, you know, it's an old cliche, but taking each game as it comes. Okay. First and foremost, we've got to go to the Galaxy. You know, that's going to come with its own challenges. Zlatan, rested. Ola Kamara, Ola Kamara. Yeah, didn't play this past weekend, so he's rested. Alessandrini, then the De Santos brothers. You know, they've they've got they, another team that attacking-wise are very, very good. But, hey... I saw enough in the game Orlando played there recently that that you can get at them. You can get against this team. I think they play in a little different shape. Playing three at the back with two up top with a, 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 a you know a Gio De Santos playing underneath. So I think at times it's little square pegs and round holes because they're trying to fit Shawn everybody onto the team. So I, I'm 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 hopeful that we can actually go to the to the to the game and go. Hey, we can actually. 
we can actually cause you problems with the way that you set up. Now, does that make, do we go and change the way that we've been playing or do we carry on the same? That is something that we have to, you know, work out during the week because uh, Romario Abara is looking more likely he's ready f- to start a game. So we've got to decide where we go with him. He normally plays wide, attacking on the left. So do we go with the back four? Obviously, Angelo will be far better now for having, you know, that game under his belt. And, you know, we, we, we've got to really sort of think long and hard about where we feel as though we can best, you know, sort of utilise what the one or two issues I think the Galaxy have. And this is where it becomes the, the chess game for coaches of when you watch video, what works against them. You know, you, you, mm. you switch to the three five two in Colorado because that's what worked against them. And then you found a good run of form with it. But now with players available... Romario Barra coming into the fold now. Now you have Angelo Rodriguez, who is a proper nine, yep. who can play the four-two-three-one by himself. Yep. Does that change anything? And this is, I think, probably one of the bigger questions tactically for Minnesota United fans right now is, what does this team look like going forward? Is it per game basis? Is it? I know you. This is what I liked about you, and I'll say this as a quick little sidebar. I know that you love the four two three one and and the way you coach it as a former player. That was the simplest way the game has ever been broken down for me. And I wish I would have learned it ten mm-hmm. years earlier in my career. But the fact you switched to a three five two shows that you can adapt. And and I I thought that was a great coaching change within the season. Now, are you being tasked with that same struggle of what do you do this week leading into the world I think game so. in LA? You know we we. We now have a few more pieces, a few more weapons at our disposal. Angelo's come in. I know he's going to give us that physical p- target, man. The that, point. That looks front. like a, he looks like a mean guy. He's yes. super nice. He yeah. looks like a guy you wouldn't want to meet in a dark alley. So Romario now, you know, he hadn't played for five or six weeks. We've had to bring him along, you know, very carefully. Business-wise and everything. Yeah, we didn't want to overload him and then he break down because he's one of them players that... It's very dynamic. The last thing you need is muscular injuries. Fast switch muscles, yeah. Exactly. You know, Abu's fit and well again. Starting to look more like oh, he's, he's also... good in training the last couple of weeks. That's Got his goal saying. in so, Vancouver. So now we've got a few more attacking pieces available to us. So, you know, we'll wait and see. But uh, we do have a... I think we have a, a, a decision to make. Whether we go, let's keep it at the three-five-two, or whether we make the change. We'll have a little look at a bit more tape of the Galaxy and see which we think is the best way. In hindsight, probably not good on a Tuesday night to let any listener know what you're going to do tactically on the weekend. That Hands up, that one's on me yeah. as the bad host yeah. asking the coach tactically, <laughs> what are you going to do to give your opponent four or five days preparation. <laughs> to preparation to figure it out? Right. <laughs> Moving on from that, then you go to FC Dallas, you go to Sporting Kansas City, obviously two tough places to play in August. There's not much worse places than Dallas in August. Yeah. Heat, humidity, everything. Sporting Kansas City, not much nicer. Uh, you get that towards late August. Um, then you get a two-week break in there. Yeah, Two weekends off. Is that good? Is that bad? Does that It, well, it makes this stretch longer. It but, does, but it may also it might be a time that you can recalibrate where you are, what, how you feel. Are players injured? Do we need to give them a rest? You what's know, been working? What exactly, hasn't worked? Yeah. yeah, so... But we know that you know that the next three games, Galaxy, Dallas, and KC, as you say, not only really difficult places to go, who normally have great home records, but the other conditions. So the, the conditions are normally this time of year very, very difficult to cope with. You know, Dallas can be anything under degrees plus, and KC similar. So hey, it's a good tough little stretch for us. But hey, you know, 
is what it is. Let's go. And then we'll we'll end with DC and Real Salt Lake. We'll get to that more though later on because that isn't until the middle of September. So that's just kind of the the caboose of the five game road stretch that will lie in front of Minnesota United. But what I want to do now is we talk to Adrian Heath here on the Adrian Heath Show, fifteen hundred ESPN presented by Heineken. Let's switch gears. Let's go across the pond to a league you're very familiar with, the English Premier League. Yes, the English Premier League starts back up this weekend. It is exciting times. Everyone's full of optimism. Everyone thinks this is the year. Who's going to be Leicester City winning it a couple years ago at 5,000 to 1 odds? Looking at you, Brighton. Don't even know if I'd give them 5,000 to 1. You might have to convince somebody to give them about 7 or 8 or 10,000 to 1 to win. But as we look at the first round of fixtures, last year, one of the fun things we did, a little bit of a prediction. We did a... And I won comfortably, if you remember. You know, you you got ahead of me. I started chasing. It didn't go well. Something about you having played in the league, uh, you know, won a few titles at that level, maybe managing up there. Maybe that gave you a little yeah. bit of an insight. But that was uh, neither here nor there. That was the 2017-18 season. This is the only 2018. Only as good as your last game, yeah. You're only as good as your last Premier League season, overall yeah. season championship. Uh, so, yeah, you have that. Quickly going to take that title back. Never really had it, but I'm going to take it for the first time this year. Let's start with a couple of games that I want to get some predictions on. As always, I'll let you go first. It's your show. It's not the Jamie Watson show. It's the Adrian Heath show. Although that does sound a little bit better, the Jamie Watson show. Yeah. We'll talk about that in the offseason as well. <laughs> Let's go with the first game up. And I'm looking at this. It may not be the first fixture that jumps off to anybody else, but to you, this one might because it involves your former team, Everton, mm-hmm. where you are a club giant yeah. there. I've never been called a giant before, but that'll <laughs> do. Yeah, go on. They will take on newly promoted Wolves yeah. away for the first fixture. Yeah. You thought this one would be a little bit trickier because Wolves spending a bunch of money yeah. adding new players. And back in the big league, you know, where they probably belong. Great club, great history. Um, I think they'll sell out every game. If coming in on the back of an incredible year in the championship where they steamrolled everybody and have only got better. You know, you look at the players they've bought in, Matinho and you know, I, I just think that uh, this one will be very, very difficult for Everton. All right, so who do you got winning it? You got you got a win or a tie? Oh, you can call God. a tie. I hate, I hate calling it, but I, I think it'll be a home win. A win for Wolves. Yes, I do, yeah. I actually think it will be a tie. I, I hope think, so. I think Everton go and get a draw on the road I hope to start so. the season. They've That'd be a, few, a good start. They've had a few teething problems preseason, Jamie, and I just think hopefully they'll get over that. And Look, you know. I'm not going to question who comes to Everton because you know your Everton stuff. Yeah. You are more well-versed. So that that's my prediction. Very bold. Um, let's go. Let's switch gears. Let's go up to Tyneside. Let's go see Newcastle Tottenham. Um, they've just signed Ron, uh, Solomon Rondon, haven't they, from West Brom today? Um, that might give them a little bit of something. Newcastle's at home as well. I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a draw. A draw there. Okay. Yes, I am. Yeah. Well, since me and uh, Michelle Vorm. And Sonny, we're we're good friends. They were just here for the International Champions Cup. Yeah, you and your mate uh, Ponchettino as well. We hung out, we chatted. No, what about you, Christian Erickson boy? You yeah, you Christian Erickson. We had a little sit down and yeah. talk too. I mean, look, guys, it's. I think are most, we best friends? I, I don't know. I, no, he you said know. it, not me. Yeah, you know, no, you know. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm actually gonna go with Tottenham. Oh, you really? I think I think they are going to. Uh, I think I'm going to be blinded by friendship here, and I'm gonna um, I'm gonna back. Christian Sonny and some freak thing happens where Michelle Vorm 
is just uh, he comes on and he has uh, eight saves in the game. Yeah, I, I, that's I, not going to happen. I, but I think a lot will depend on what the team is that Tottenham put out. Yeah, you know, obviously they. Hugo Lloris, yeah, yeah he's, exactly. He's pretty good. He did all right in the World no, Cup. No, right? that's what I'm saying. But they only come back this weekend. Yeah. So is he? Does, is does he, he dare risk it? You know, does Eric Dyer play? Yeah. You know, when he's come back, does Harry Kane play? Good question. You know, so they didn't play, they didn't the, play if, last week. So, and if none of these guys play, I just think it might give Newcastle a little bit of an opportunity. So I'll go uh, a draw with that one. All right, a draw with that one. So uh, we'll head up to the Manchester, mm. Manchester United, the Red Devils. Play host to Leicester. Yeah, Leicester. Leicester. Ted Lasso. Yeah. So, what do you think here? Who you got? Well, I am. I, I, this is a strange one for me because I, I, I was a huge Jose Mourinho fan when he first came to the league. When he first came to England, you know, when he called himself the special one. Oh, I love that. And I, I thought, oh my God, who's this guy? The English press are going to have a field day with him, and he had the meeting out the palm of his hands, but. Uh, I don't know what's going on with him. It, it seems as though he's he's so angry with everybody now. Angry with his team, his team. Angry with his, you know, coaching staff. Angry with the the chief exec now because he can't buy any more players because he's only spent half a billion. That's it. Yeah. In two years. Need more than that. Yeah, but they still should have enough to beat Leicester at home. I agree. I think I think this has got home. Manchester United both uh, both of us picking yeah. that one. I think that's. That's the way it's got to go. We're picking Premier League games here. Adrian Heath, Adrian Heath Show. Quickly in this segment, as we wrap it up, we've got two more games. We'll fly through these. Arsenal, Man City at Arsenal, though. That's what kind of evens this one out a little bit. It does. Playing and at the Emirates. It, it does. And um, I spoke to Steve Bowl, the assistant for yeah. Arsenal today. Been a good friend of mine, both Stoke boys. And he's been really impressed with the new manager, Unai Emery. He's been really impressed with his coaching methods, his, his, his personality, and the way he motivates the group. Although you look at Man City again yesterday, you know, they, they look as though they're going to take some stopping. So uh, I'm going to go draw. A tie. There yeah. we go. Go with yeah. a draw there. Uh, I'll actually go with a shock result. Well, it's not shock because it's Man City, but I think they go on the road and get a win at yeah. em- at the Emirates. Yeah. I think Man City goes and you get their, their first one on the season on the road. Difficult matchup for them to start. I don't know why I said that's a shock. They were one of the best teams on the road, the best team on the road, all Premier League uh, last year. So... Again, uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, last one before we head to break. Huddersfield plays host to Chelsea. Huddersfield, difficult place to play. Yep. Chelsea, obviously the Blues. What kind of team are they going to be? We don't are know, they, do we? And they've got... it's it's. I'm, you know I'm a huge fan of Sarri, the yeah. coach. Um, I've been on the Sarri bandwagon for about four years now. I've even going back to Empoli. You know, we show the guys videos of this guy working and... But I think he's got his work cut out here at the moment because, you know, he hasn't got his, his his international players back, you know. There's going to be no Hazard by the look of it, no yeah. Giroud. Is William going to be, you know, back? I just think it's going to be a tough one for him. I think I think Uddersfield could actually win this at home. Okay. I really do. I love the, I love the bold prediction. I'm going to go for a draw. So there we have our first, first round of predictions for match day one of the English Premier League. Okay, then. We've done a little bit of match day predictions. Okay. End the season. Or a ball's kicked. Who you got? I, I can't I can't see with with the, the strength of the squad, I can't see anybody dethroning Manchester City. Me too. Top four. Top four. Champions League. Holy Grail now. Man City. Tottenham. Liverpool. Tottenham, Liverpool, Man City, no particular order. And United. Okay. 
Man City, Tottenham, Liverpool, and United. Okay. You? I'm going Man City to win. Okay. Liverpool to go very, very close in second. To place? Who you got to show in third? I'm going to go Manchester United. Okay. And Tottenham to get the fourth spot again. That is great radio. We picked the exact same four. All right, stick around. We've got one more segment to go. That's Adrian Heath. Did we have them in the same order? No, but I said no particular order because I wanted oh, to give yeah, myself yeah. that cushion. Yeah, you gave you gave us a win place show in fourth, so yeah. <laughs> much more accurate. All right, stick around. we got one last quick segment coming up. We're going to preview the matchup next week against L.A. We're going to get out of here. No rate Cal's call this week. I know, I know, I know. Sorry, Cal. We will get back to it next week. One more segment to go. Stick around, so plenty more to come right here on the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. We now continue with more of the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. Presented by Heineken. Welcome back to the Adrian Heath Show. Final segment. Sorry again, no bumper music tonight. We are just pounding through this show tonight. And speaking of which, we've got a very quick last segment as if we as we always do, excuse me, we will preview the next matchup. I'm Jamie Watson, your host, Adrian Heath, the coach of Minnesota United, the Adrian Heath Show, presented by Heineken. Adrian, as we look forward to LA Galaxy away this weekend, big matchup at the StubHub Center. The name that's going to stick out first and foremost, Zlatan mm-hmm. Ibrahimovic. What have you made of his jump oh. to MLS? Could you have seen it going this well? Well, it's one of them, isn't it, with Zlatan? Everybody doubts him, and yet wherever he goes, I think he's won 11 championships where he's been. Crazy. He's got 15 goals in 17 games. And I don't think people realize, you know he's big, but you know when you see him in, in person, the 6'5", but he's big and he's strong with and He's him. listed over 200 pounds, yeah. like two, 210 or something like that. I actually saw him play when he was at Malmo as a young kid. Yeah. I went to watch a right back and I rang Peter Reed back home in Sunderland and went, I've just seen a center forward, we've got to sign him. So we, we, we inquired about him. And the powers that be at the time, Sunderland said, we don't think any Swedish player is worth £6 million. No way. So he goes to Ajax and about a year, left, a year later, he goes for like £25 million to Juventus or something. You're right, he was not worth six. He's worth four yeah. times that. <laughs> but even then, his touch on the ball for such a, for a big guy was incredible. So he's he's gone on and had an incredible career. Probably the biggest sort of force in nature is personality. Yeah, the confidence. As, as it, and it takes over everything. And like I know people who've played with him and been in the dressing room with him, he never thinks they're going to lose or he's not going to score before every game. That blind confidence is just so. Yeah. yeah but I say blind confidence. He's backed up ever along the way. But to to genuinely believe it at times, you have oh, to yeah. be able to push away people that are doubting what you can do, especially off the back of an ACL tear. He's come back and playing. Oh, and when he made his debut, when he come off the bench against LAFC. Oh. And One of the greatest MLS games ever played. And then he comes on. He gets the hat trick. Was it the hat trick? Hat trick the other night. When he yeah. volleyed the one. It's no. He's been uh, he's had an incredible career, and I don't think it's over. So, hey, cut a long story short, we've got to work cut out. We've got to got to mark him very tightly. Got to get as tight as we can in the box and not give him any opportunities. Want to be a big big matchup, Adrian? It's been a big show. It's been a big week. We want to say thank you so much uh, for taking the time today. I know things have been kind of crazy. You've got about 24 hours left in the, the transfer window so I know your phone has been buzzing like crazy while you've been here we appreciate you taking the time tonight pleasure to be as always here. thank you so much good luck on the upcoming trip in LA uh, it'll be a big one I know Minnesota United fans 
anxiously waiting that one to get back out on the field. So thank you so much, Adrian. We want to say thank you so much to you listening at home. We want to say thank you for being to Heineken for being a sponsor of the show. We have a great time doing it. We hope you enjoy listening. For Jamie Watson, for Adrian Heath, for everyone here at 1500 ESPN, we want to say thank you so much for listening to the Adrian Heath Show right here on 1500 ESPN. You've been listening to the Adrian Heath Show, hosted by Jamie Watson, presented by Heineken. For Minnesota United game and broadcast information, be sure to visit 1500ESPN.com and click on the United tab in the Sportswire.